episode two. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Uh huh, yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Uh huh, yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Uh. Now, what y'all wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers? Who be dipping in the bins with the spoilers? On the low from the Jake and the Taurus. Hello, everybody. This is the Don't Red on Me podcast. I'm Asus. The man on the other side of the mic is EC. Hey, what's going on, Asus? Good to see you again, brother. How are you? Uh, just here, chilling like a villain. Uh, we, had, um, we had a casino night with my, my kids last night, so uh, I'm a little hungover right now. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, we had a good time for the kids, man. And yourself? How's good, you? man. Good. It's good, uh, good weekend. Daughter's away at the volleyball tournament, so I've got the two sick kids, but uh, it's been good. Nice and uh, relaxing at times. Uh, how was your week? Pretty good? That was good. Kind of flew by, uh, to be honest. Uh, little, little sad. We didn't have too much football, but uh, we did have a couple games today. So I got to watch one. I think one got rained out. I think I think it was actually in uh, Manchester. Yeah, damn uh, game, game, game out. Got rained out. So yeah. I mean, uh, my week was stress free. Stress free. Uh, no United football to stress me out. I think that's the that's the big kicker this week. Um, um, but, it, you know, it's a much-needed break. You know, I mean, I know I've been, you know, people have been killing me uh, saying that I kept saying international break, international break in the last pod. I'm sorry. I do make mistakes. I thought it was an international break. Okay, it's a winter break. So just, okay, chill, everybody. Um, but, I mean, uh, it's a much-needed break. You know, we don't. I mean, there's been some news uh, popping up here and there uh, regarding United, but... Um, I don't. We just have the, the the stress of the game and the lack, you know, the lack of play or whatnot to stress me out. So it's been a pretty good two weeks. Um, it seems like it's been a much needed uh, break for Ole and the players. Uh, speaking of the players, did you, did you happen to catch uh, some of their uh, some of their socials uh, this past week? Yeah, I uh, saw the young uh, the young left back that we've got there. He seems to be doing okay on his. Uh on his, uh, I guess, Christmas break or whatever, whatever winter holiday, whatever you want to call it. looks like he's keeping warm wow. uh, at night for sure. Uh, that guy seems to be doing okay for a 19-year-old kid. Okay. You think okay? <laughs> that picture with him and that girl in Dubai? I mean, golly. I mean, he needs to slow down on, his, on what he thinks, you know, on his stardom right there. But, you know, hey, you know, to each his own. I mean, it's, I mean it's, my opinion was I don't think he knows where to start with that. Pretty much, um, Fred. I mean, Fred's chilling too uh, with his. Uh, it looked like somewhere tropical. I really didn't read um, the post. It just sound. It just looked like you know he was having a good time wherever he was. Um, now they're back. Uh, they're back in training. Uh, I believe that they're training warm weather training in Spain. But I'd figure all of Europe would be cold right now. But I guess compared to England, everywhere is everywhere is everywhere is warmer. Um, a few notables from uh, from uh, you know. Uh, from winter training, uh, Pogba, not with the team. Uh, shocker. <laughs> you know, I, just, I didn't expect them to actually be with the team at all. Um, but we, um, but they showed some video on MUTV with uh, Axel and McTominay. Um, 
you know the you know they look pretty good in training. I mean, hopefully we can see uh, you know McTominay um, back within the next not if not Chelsea the the game after that. Um, Axel, I mean, uh, maybe he can give um, Lindelof uh, some uh, much you know some some time off uh, in the back. But uh, in the videos it's, it showed that they look pretty well. Yeah, no, they look good. It was encouraging. I think with Fernandez in now, if you can get McTominay in playing with Fred, I like that combination. Obviously, all the talk about Axel and Bayi, they've been gone for so long. I know for me, um, and Lindelof's been doing better, so I'm not trying to slide him, but it would be nice to to see someone different. I think Maguire plays better, would play better with someone that has a little bit more pace. Uh, it would be, it'd be nice to see. But yeah, definitely in that, that midfield three, if you will, seeing McTominay, um, Fred, uh, and maybe even Matic playing together, I think it'd be a little bit nicer. Even Mata even would be nicer than what we're looking at right now with Pereira and, and Lingard and that. No, I mean, you know, it seems like if we have a healthy team come back at some point in this at some point of the season, I mean, it would be a drastic change of what of what we're of what we're seeing this past you know, these past couple of you know, couple of games, especially since Rashford has um has gone down. Um Speaking of Fred, I know I brought him up earlier. Uh, did you happen to catch his interview uh, that he gave regarding um, regarding the team? Um, uh, I think he said uh, in the interview he said the team, <coughs> excuse me, uh, lacks team unity, um, vanity within the some in within the locker room, uh, and uh, lack of creativity, and basically the team's not good enough. How do you think his teammates and how do you think Ole and the upper management are going to react to this interview that um, one of their players is pretty much aired out dirty laundry? I think the teammates are going to be pretty shocked but refreshed at the same time. I think all of them, I mean, they're, they're soccer players, right? And they're, they're professionals. So they know that, that it's been shocking here lately. Um, that's not going to be surprising to those guys. Um, shocks me though, for sure, as a fan, because this is the same thing that De Gea said. And then the next thing you know, he's not the captain anymore. So I, I was shocked that he said it. Um, it was refreshing. I'm glad that, that someone spoke out and said it, um, upper management for me, this isn't something that they're going to want to hear. I don't think they take kindly to it. Um, like I said, with De Gea, when he spoke out, it was pretty much a wrap on him doing any more <laughs> interviews, um, and, and then you get Maguire uh, doing most of the after-the-game interviews and taking the captaincy. So um, I'm glad he said it. It's true. It's honest. I think at the end of the day, when the dust settles and we get past this team and go on to the next, you're going to have to look at who were the people that were keeping it real and who were the guys that were just toting the company line. Um, for me, Fred was keeping it real, uh, knows he needs help. Um, he's been working his butt off even though he's been slighted quite a bit, took him a while to settle in. Um, super proud of the way he's playing on the pitch and super proud of what he said uh, off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, we always, I mean, here in American sports, we, um, they always talk about uh, players-only meetings and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, the players kind of policing themselves um, to get, you know, some sort of uh, continuity back into the locker room. And it seems like um, what Fred is saying, it, that United doesn't have that. Even the captains, even the lead, the supposed leaders, are not actually basically putting the foot in somebody's butt and saying you need to follow in line. You know, it seems like everybody everybody just wants to do 
um, from what Fred says, at least, every everybody seems like they're they're going their own way. They're not, you know. Um, the, I don't know if you watched the class of '92, uh, the the video, right? Of uh, Brian Giggs was talking about one of Sir Alex's uh, pregame speeches, right? How the ducks, you know, the, all the geese flying, you know, this this V formation, right? And when the, the head duck gets uh, tired, um, you know, uh, it moves to the back to step. You know, basically they, they streamline, right? Everybody's flying in one direction. Um, it seems like. Um, and Ryan Giggs says when they had a you know tough time, they'd look up and see the ducks flying all crazy about, and then you know he's like you know we need to be like them you know like we're like them right now we need to be flying all in the same direction and it seemed like this team is not flying they're, they're not seeing eye to eye of what the the main goal the main purpose they're not um, giving it all to one you know one common goal it seems like they're in in. Indig uh, individualistic, right? Is that a word? I don't even know. Um, uh, identities matter more than what the, the shirt, uh, the the crest and their chest matter. Um, and I, we've been seeing that seems like hell since maybe, well, obviously since Fergie left. Um, but it seems more prominent at the end of Mourinho's range, uh, reign, and then obviously during Ole's reign, it seems like uh, you have a team that's going all in opposite directions and not having a united front um you know forgive you know what is it uh, forgive my pun or whatnot uh united front and actually moving forward and it's indicative by you know what of of, of what fred had to say yeah i know it's out you're absolutely right and that's what i talked about last week just the, the players know and respect certain coaches and sir alex ferguson often in interviews would speak about wanting to have control and some people may look down on that and they say well you know you've got too much control but for me when the players know who's in control they understand what type of system of football that they're supposed to play and that brings about a better brand of football on the pitch you can completely tell uh, and this is why i feel how i feel about Oli. Um, you can completely tell when they're out there they're just kind of looking up and figuring it out as they go along, as, as opposed to having a game plan and going with that game plan and seeing it through. So um, we can see that. I mean, it's evident to see. You don't have to be, you know, a coaching savant to figure out that these guys are just kind of but, moving but, it around and passing it around. But you see, the, uh, you see, the, these guys are professionals. I mean, they have to – I mean, wh at what point do we stop blaming Ole? I mean, yes, his tactics are shit. I mean, yes, let's put it that way. What at what point do we have we hold these players accountable? Because they're getting paid big wages. I think United has the biggest wage bill in in Premier League football. When do these players you need to start being held accountable and act like Premier League players? I mean, it's it's this. I know we always we always revert back to Ole and Woodward and you know obviously when, you know, when we you know when we talk later uh, we'll talk about that um, the Glazers Woodward the structure of the whole organization but yet when do these these players say you know what I'm a professional I get paid to, to play a, a game when do these players you know when do we hold them to account I think you can start to hold them to account when you get a manager in that has a system and then those guys that are on the pitch play to that system we there had, is no system we had we don't Jose Mourinho. we had one of the best managers in the world we had louis van hall also a world-class manager we've had Jose Mourinho, who is probably other other than sir alex ferguson uh the second you know most successful coach in premier league you know i don't know if it's self-titled or not but you know we had we've had that and yet 
the play it seems like the the inmates are running the asylum rather than no rather than no discipline. I mean, there's no dis and when and when 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 Jose tried to discipline, you know, Pogba, especially Pogba. Remember last year about um, you know there was that there was that row that they had in, in practice. Um, you know about you know Pogba. They, I think something was said in training, and you know both of them. You know, like you know, basically it was nothing. We, we we don't know what was said, but it would you could tell like hey, what you know like Pogba like look back at Jose or whatnot um, on the on, on that video, um, but nobody held Pogba accountable, right? He's uh, Jose's the manager, that, I mean, and it it's just that's the whole thing. That, that's the whole thing. If you look at Van Hall. He wins a cup, and and after he gets done with the cup sitting right next to him, he gets done with the interview. They let him go. So we don't. We have to have patience with someone that maybe doesn't play the way Sir Alex played, and it was running and gunning. He played a little bit different. Same thing with with uh, Jose. Jose comes in second place, wins an FA Cup. Guess what? See you later. We can. I think United fans have been spoiled along the way. And we're used to winning and having tons of success. When you lose a, a iconic, probably, not even probably, he's the best Premier League manager that's ever been since, it's be since the Premier League began. When you lose that, you're going to go through a whole new cycle of management, of football sporting director, of coach. And we tried to do that a couple times, but we didn't have patience enough to let him get his system through. Now... If you bring in another manager, which they have, this is the third, this is the fourth one now, and you say to him, okay, look, we're going to give you five seasons. We're going to give you several transfer windows, and we're going to let you develop and bring in players that you like. That's all well and good. But we have to also say, okay, if we're going to give you this time, what type of system are you going to run? So it goes hand in hand. One, I don't think he has one. But two, I don't think he has a full squad of Premier League players. He has a few. He has a few out there that are pretty good, they're pretty decent, and he has a bunch of them that are injured. So I, I, do, I do give him a little bit for that. But with the players that you do have, you have to run a system. If you look at Liverpool, when they play their second team, doesn't matter who they play, they have a system that everyone knows what they're doing, everyone knows where they're supposed to be. They don't have to look up and guess. They know where players are going to be before they even hit the ball. That's, for me, why I don't hold these players too much accountable because they don't have a system in place to where in which you can go, hey, you're supposed to be running down this channel. You're supposed to be playing and holding the ball up to play off this guy. Yeah. They don't they don't do that. No. So I listen, if next year maybe he gets some players in and he decides, hey, we're gonna run, you know, three at the back and we're gonna run two defensive wingers that are gonna run up and down the pitch. We're gonna run three in the middle, two up top. If he starts doing that consistently every single game, then okay. Then you start saying to players, hey, this is your job. We all know it. We as fans understand what you're supposed to do and you're not doing it. Then we start to hold them accountable. But until then, and they're just playing freestyle football, I don't I'm not mad at those guys. This is not this is not freestyle football. This is the Premier League. You have to have a system. Even if it's just hoof it up top to the to the to the front guy, to the forward, fine. That's what you play, then that's what you play. But we we just kick it around and hope that things go in the right direction and hopefully we can counter and then hopefully we can score a goal. It's not that's not how you play football. So until then, you get a system in, I'm not holding any of these guys accountable. I, I don't rate half of them. So, you know, we can get some more guys in. We, I like the Bruno signing. Um, 
Gala, I like him as well. I don't know what he's going to look like. He hasn't been in the Premier League for a while, but got to get a system in place before you start holding guys accountable. I agree, but I disagree. Uh, <laughs> because I just, I just, I mean, as professional as they're supposed to be, I think they need to, uh, they need to police their own themselves. Um, and it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter the coach system, whatnot. Uh, you're professional. You need to act right. And um, that's just my opinion. But enough of that. Enough of uh, Fred's comments. Uh, hey, did you, you happen to catch that interesting um, uh, the interview on the BBC about uh, Dan James and the mental health and regarding his father? I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, he's so young. I mean, you know, to lose a father, especially right, you know, right as he's signing his this big deal to United. Um, then he, you know, loses his father the way he is and how he's coping, you know, with mental health and, um, the team that he's, um, uh, involved with outside of, you know, outside of United, um, helping bring awareness to mental health and, 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 uh, you know, especially for young men, I mean, cause a lot, of, I mean, you could all, you can, all, you could also say as men, we kind of hold a lot of things in, we, you know, we, we have this, um, you know, this innate, you know, responsibility of not showing our feelings, not talking about our feelings. But obviously, I mean, it's, you know, you know, someone like that. I mean, you know, he's, he's bringing awareness. And I, I don't know if I'll just get your opinion on if, if you if you're able to see that. Yeah, I didn't catch the whole piece. But from what I did get, um, it's definitely going to be more difficult for me to rate him after seeing that. I mean, he was. His dad was there when he was going to sign for Leeds, wanted to sign for Leeds. His dad was in the room, in the building, stayed with him the whole day. So obviously they're, they're a very close uh, relationship. Then he jumps into you know playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world, and then he's gone. Um, so you know that's, that's rough. I don't know if you remember his first goal celebration, uh, him looking to the sky and, and celebrating like that. Um, I just – you just feel your heart goes out to him. Uh, it's difficult because, like I said, I get on to him. I mean, I don't even rate the guy. But uh, what he's doing off the pitch is – it has to be commended. He is – he's doing a lot of great work. I know men specifically, we're just so prideful. We don't really want to get into what we're feeling. And, and for someone to to go out and, and help out kids to, to be able to speak out, just people in general to speak out, I think is amazing. So um, it's, it's tough because at the end of the day, he's going to have to play. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, you're going to have critics that are going to say you did good or you did bad. So um, <clears throat> I'm hoping uh, for his for his sake that he can uh, that he can focus in. I really think he needs a break um, because, like I said, I don't think um, he should be starting for us. Um, he should be coming off the bench. That might lessen some of the stress that he may be going through. Um, and, and hopefully they can address that in the summer. I think they will. Like I said, I think. I think they understood that when he first got here, it was more of a, you know, we don't really know what to, to, to do with him. You know, he's, he's new to the league. How do we defend him? And then once you figure that out, you can kind of see the statistics have kind of gone down. So um, love what he's doing off the pitch. Hope he continues to improve um, from that aspect. And then obviously as a fan um, of United, I hope that he's, you know, just consistently training, um, trying to figure out new ways to, to get past people because uh, if if all you have is pace, uh, it's going to be difficult to to play uh, in this league. So, love love what he's doing. Feel feel bad for him. Would not don't know how it feels to lose uh, to lose a father. So my heart goes out to him and, and his family. 
Yeah, obviously, yeah. And um, if anybody's listening out there, if I mean, there's outlets um, that are suffering from mental health. There's outlets for you. Um, you can reach out. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're involved in church, you can reach out to your local ministers. Uh, there's another hotline to this. Um, so yeah, you know, just bring awareness to to mental health, especially when it comes when we talk about young men or men in general. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, you see, it's a slow time, so I want to talk about money, 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 money. Like the like the million dollar man Ted DiBiase said, money isn't everything. It's the only thing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, I know I, I got some um, some feedback uh, from you know from list, some listeners last week and uh, from our first pod. Hey, why are you so mad? I mean, you're, you seem mad out there. You seem so. Uh, who are the Glazers and you know whatnot? So I I, uh, I have to you know do my due diligence and say not every fan that um, you know is listening. Uh, is a big, you know, some some are beginners, so they don't know the whole backstory. So I kind of want to dedicate most of this pod um, on why, you know, why are there why is there Glazers out movement? You know, where did it start? You know, who are the Glazers first and foremost? Uh, we talk about Ed Woodward and the transfer market. How much money have they given, um, you know, to spend on the transfer market? Um, and um, we talked about the uh, there's uh, the takeover. Of uh, of the new, new ownership at Manchester, and um, <clears throat> I just want to talk about maybe uh, in your um, fantasy world, you know, your fantasy draft or fantasy football, um, you have an exorbitant amount of money. Who would you want to, you know, purchase United? And who would you want to, you know, lead them in the direction? So first thing first, you see, uh, uh, I know we, you know, let's uh, let's give some um, some of our you know our listeners a little backstory on who the Glazers are. And um, you know what? You know how they bought, purchased United, and where did the um, the United uh, Glazers out movement start? Yeah. So if you look at if if you're looking for for some historical content uh, in on the Glazers, it's actually a pretty uh, interesting story and and where it all kind of begins uh, for him. So um, Malcolm, the original. Uh, Glazer, who I guess you could say helped to purchase uh, the Glazers. His father passed away for him at a very young age. I believe he was 15 years old when his father passed. Uh, and 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 in his father's passing, essentially what what he did was he took over the family business. Um, you have to remember he's not he doesn't come from a very wealthy family, right? So this is a guy who literally dad passes away. He's 15. He takes over the business. He's a Lithuanian uh, Jewish man. Uh, and so he's literally goes door to door and he starts selling watches. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns that into a real estate company uh, and then jumps from that into a company called First Allied. And so um, right off the bat from there, he was able to establish himself uh, and become pretty wealthy in the real estate business um, and to where uh, turn him into a pretty successful man. In 95, he actually uh, bought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, in 1995 for $129 million, which uh, at the time, you know, people kind of laughed at him because, again, if you would know American football, uh, the Buccaneers pretty much sucked, right? So people thought he pretty much overpaid uh, for that club. He went on ahead and did that. Um, That obviously turned into uh, them, uh, the fans there, being very upset. They didn't want him to, uh, to, to buy the club. 
Um, but essentially, uh, you can look at it both ways. What he did was he essentially said, look, I'm not going to buy the, the Buccaneers uh, without some help from, from the fans. They wanted a new stadium. And so what the Woodward family did uh, was they, they basically said, okay, we're going we're gonna to tax the, the people of Tampa Bay. Listen, and listen. you guys are going to essentially help us build this stadium. Um, and so a lot of people voted against it. I think it was 49 to 53. It did pass, and they wind up getting that new stadium built with the brand <laughs> with a brand new uh, ship inside of it that shot off a cannon anytime someone scored a goal. Um, obviously, people were pissed off at them. It was kind of the same deal where you know fans were upset and out in the streets. And I'll get to what happened in Manchester later. Um, but he eventually did win a Super Bowl um, in 2003, I believe, with John Gruden. Um, that success hasn't been uh, so relevant. It's been about 11 or 12 years since they've made the playoffs. Um, and so, obviously, fans, I'll talk about the fans of, the, the fans of today for Tampa Bay here in just a little bit. Uh, in 2005, he went ahead, actually in 2006, he went ahead and uh, bought the, uh, the uh, Manchester United. Now, this was a little bit different. Uh, Manchester United fans, as you can probably look up on YouTube, were pretty pissed off. They actually took to the streets um, and actually wouldn't let the Glazers come into the stadium. They actually barricaded uh, the stadium uh, so that they couldn't get in uh, to introduce themselves. Um, kind of in the same breath as Tampa Bay, they didn't want to pay for it themselves, so they did what is called a leverage buyout plan. So for any of you uh, lawyers out there, you can do your research. Basically, to break it down without boring you to death, this involves borrowing money against a future asset to buy that very same asset. And so, in layman's terms, they, they didn't have to use their own money uh, to buy the club. Um, this pissed off a lot of people. Um, they didn't want the Glazers to come. Um, this was the first time in our club's history we were in debt. And it wasn't a, a small amount of debt. It was like 400 up to $500 million uh, worth of debt. Um, they, they, they put, so, I think where the, the people are pissed is because they didn't take on, as the Glazers themselves, they didn't take on the debt. They put it back on the club. Yeah, and so it's been on the club, and we, we're still we're still there. Now, obviously, um, <clears throat> with them bringing in a financial advisor to take over the club and run the club, um, they're still making money. Um, anytime, obviously, you guys know. Anytime you make Champions League, um, there's there's money there. There's money in uh, and revenue from T-shirt sales. So if you get players like Pogba, if you get players like Sanchez, who people know, um, you're gonna make money. So. The club's making money. These guys are actually taking money out um, of the club as well. This is also something that people don't like, um, but this is this is uh, this is what they're doing. Um, Woodward himself. Um, um, let me get to let me get back to my notes here, guys. I apologize. Actually, Woodward's been there since the beginning. I think he, yeah, you know he's been he's been the orchestrator of. Of the whole buyout, you know, it was back in like you know, and you said two thousand five, two thousand six, but actually this um this buyout, you know, the the taking over Manchester started in two thousand three when they started buying minority shares, you know, and then and then it culminated into the majority buying majority shares in two thousand five, and then obviously um you know purchasing the club and taking it you know you know taking it off the market, um you know with that leverage buyout like you were saying earlier. Um, and but yet, I think where people are pissed, it's first of all, I think they're pissed because it's an American owner, right? Uh, it's not a brick. Yeah. I think uh, at that time, Rupert Murdoch, um, 
was also interested in purchasing. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rupert Murdoch is a multi-million billionaire, owns uh, multi, mul- many uh, media outlets such as Fox, Fox News, uh, Sky, and whatnot. Um, I think it's Sky, yeah. Or the BBC, no, yeah, the Sky. Um, but he was blocked by Parliament. I think he was going to purchase it for $690 million, uh United. But uh, Parliament, uh, you know, um, blocked that because they were afraid that um, there would be a monopoly on, on, uh, on with uh, uh, Murdoch Sports Media, uh, you know, outlets. So that gave the Glazers an opportunity to sneak their way in. Um, but I think fans are mostly pissed off is because of the debt. So you see, I had a, you know, after like you said, like you've done your research. We, I mean, we researched for this topic. As a business person, right, <coughs> and fan, we have to, you know, we have to both just, you know, separate the two, right? As a fan, we, we want all the money to go back to, the, you know, into the, in, you know, into, a, in back into the club. But as a business person, if you own something, you want to profit from that, don't you? You do. Uh, this is, uh, my wife and I were actually talking about this. You can look at throughout his history of, of, I call them birthday presents that he gives his kids, 15 million, 30 million, and he'll do it once a quarter. And you go to yourself, well, God, he's such a, a horrible owner, but what a nice daddy is. You know, he's he's such a great guy. He's got a he's got a great business. So, you know, it, it goes twofold. It's it's depending on what side you're on, right? So if you're if you're a business person, you're an entrepreneur trying to do it and, and get it going, I mean, this is not a guy who comes from wealth. This guy generated and you can get pissed off as mad as you want about how he did he wasn't killing babies he was out here hustling and doing what he needed to do in order to take care of his family because his father passed away Um, a very poor lithuanian jewish man and so uh his sons having an interest in soccer liking soccer you're right he did start to get shares um kind of behind the scenes bit by bit back in 2003 um, there's actually a pretty <clears throat> cool story about uh, some investments that that some of the guys had. Sir Alex Ferguson actually with a horse. I don't know if you did you read about this yeah, story. I heard about it. That uh, kind of yeah. you know some some you know. Um, so the owner yeah. they basically they basically the Fergusons fell out of the, with other owners over stud rights, mm-hmm. and it, that messed up the relationship between the board and and Ferguson and McManamus and management. They wanted out. So the Glazers basically picked up the pieces over a horse. So if you can imagine <clears throat> things going well, the the horse, if, if for any of you guys want to look it up, it was the Rock of Jibria, I believe how you pronounce it. Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah. And so, again, as far as business goes, he's got four kids, I think it is. Yeah, he's got four kids. So I think – you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at him and you have to say, you know what? He is a successful business man. Um, I just think for, for the most part, when when Ferguson, in fact, um, had no problems with him, it was because he let Ferguson control the club, right? It wasn't him letting someone that knows nothing about football in Ed Woodward run the club. And I think that's where people not only are they upset about debt because i'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys and and you can you can debate this at at home if we were winning titles nobody here or in united would care about the debt you know what they'd say that's that's their fault the glazers will take care of the debt 
but we're not winning anything, right? So the culmination of not winning anything and also, um, you know, being in debt, that, that goes twofold. So for me, I give him props for what he did, for bringing himself up, for, for having bootstraps to pull himself up and, and getting it done. Um, but where I fault him is, is saying, okay, look, it's kind of like Jerry Jones. You got to step away a little bit. You got to let someone that knows football take care of the football day-to-day operations like Sir Alex did. If, if you're going to talk about youth and wanting youth to be your thing, um, in the one of the two interviews that this guy did in his lifetime, they asked him, what what is the basis of United? And he said the youth. He said, we have U12 up to U20 teams, and we want to bring those kids through. We want to develop them. We want to mentor them. We want to turn them from boys into men. Um, that's kind of gone out of the window because you bring in Van Hall and then you bring in Mourinho, who's they don't believe in that. That's not what they believe in. So when you bring in Oli, what is the first thing that he says to us? Youth. We're going to bring in the youth. We're going to bring in the youth. So that's why initially I, I thought, okay, well, cool. Well, I, hopefully the youth's doing well. Well, it's doing okay. It's doing okay. It's not doing as well as it was uh, back in the early 90s and 80s when, when Ferguson first got here. And so for, for me, I just think that what he needs to do is let someone in who knows about football, who's going to be able to recruit, who's going to be able to get our systems back to the way that they were. Uh, and you brought up a lot of points there that because we're going to cover that about the youth, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and how much what he spent. I mean, I got figures on transfer market figures, um, but I, I mean, obviously, 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 you see, I want somebody to buy the club that uh, with their own money, right? Uh, it makes it, it makes it seem like you know there's they're more vested in the club. Uh, if they actually spent their own money instead of you know leverage it you know against some future assets, but I mean, I can't fault the Glazers. I mean now that now that I've, I'm okay, I don't want to, I don't want to mis how do you, how do you say misconstrue what I'm about to say. I do believe that you know the Glazers are part of the problem. Ownership is a part of the problem, you know, because obviously they put Woodward in the position that he's in. I think Woodward's a major part of the problem. Of where where we're at, um, I believe the board, you know, it's a um, it's a family thing. Uh, most of the board is, is is made up of of Malcolm Glazer's kids since Malcolm Glazer's hap, has passed. Um, I think that's an issue, but I can't. I mean, when you do the research and when you I mean you read about it, it's like I can't fault these you know these people wanting to make money. I mean, sports ownership turn them into billionaires you know it's, they weren't billionaires when they you know when they when they got into the business uh it was the you know tampa bay you know basically turned them into billionaires and um so what do billionaires want to do stay billionaires right you know it's like um right oh we talk about um let's talk about woodward and the current uh, evaluation of of the club and um uh, of what you know, what you know, I think Manchester's what sixth in the in the world currently as the most yeah. valued um a valued valued sports organization, third in, in, in world football behind um, Madrid and Barcelona. Um, but what we have is, I think we had a, what a negative. It was like a negative percentage, a nine nineteen percent, um, actually on a, on debt. On debt to, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. 
uh, yeah, we have a 90% debt to value ratio. Um, that's the debt we talked about when we talked about the leverage buyout. A lot of people say that really Manchester's a brand. Um, it doesn't take a genius to make money. Um, there have been people. Um, you talk about other other fan sites, other 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 media outlets, saying that um, <laughs> that Manchester United's whoring themselves out to anybody who's willing to pay a bill, uh, and that's where their evaluation is. I think they they have what six hundred fifty million dollars in match day revenue, uh, one point two billion in broadcasting, uh, commercial assets is one point four billion, and another brand you know and branding. Another four hundred forty-four million, which comes up to making up the three point eight billion dollar evaluation of the club. So, um, is Edward Wood a genius? Is I didn't hear you said is he a what now? A genius, a genius businessman. He, he, he is. This is the thing. He is a banker. He makes money. That is what he does. He is not a football genius. You can't. That's that's why I said earlier. He needs to do the money thing. They, the, he should be in charge of making money. That's what he should do. He should be nowhere around and nowhere near the football portion of it. There should be a director of football, which is what this, that's essentially how we became uh, the United that I knew, was always having someone in charge of going out, finding talent, looking at our U18, U23 team, and seeing who was ready to come up and play for the first team. Okay, but uh, when you say that, okay, we're not, okay we'll, we'll talk about, okay, the academy was something that was brought up, uh, but you say not being a football person and not evaluating talent or not giving enough money to purchase players. What, what, what's the, what do you, what do you kind of, what, I'm, what, I'm what saying, I'm about? saying if, if, when, when we had, when it was going great, yeah. and Alex came to them and said, hey, there's a kid in Spain there's a kid in England. There's a kid in Brazil, and I want him. Mm-hmm. Back him, because they've done their due diligence. I don't. Ed, if 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 this is happening, if he's saying <laughs> no, I don't really rate that guy. I don't think he's worth eighty million. He shouldn't be involved in the conversation. The conversation should be: we rate this kid. We think he's going to be great. He's in the range of this much to that much. So this is how much we're going to need. Let us go get this kid. It shouldn't. He should have nothing to do with. Well, I don't think he's he's worth that much. I think he's worth this much. Again, if if he's involved in any conversation that has to do with football, not going to work. If it's t-shirt sales, if it's popcorn or hamburgers or whatever you're selling at the the stadium, if it's how to uh, brand us as a team as far as us playing in Asia for a tournament or us playing in America for a tournament to make money, that's where he gets to pull those strings. But when it comes to football day-to-day, bringing in players, I'm specifically talking about bringing in talent to the team so that the team can get better. Because let me tell you something, if the team doesn't get better, if we don't bring in these players, it's not going to happen overnight. No. But eventually, we're not going to be the highest club in the world. No one's going to want to look at Manchester United because – this is going to be back-to-back Europa seasons. A lot of folks don't remember United got regulated, relegated several times, like a bunch. <laughs> it's happened a lot. So, like, like I said earlier, we're very spoiled. We're very much a club who's had so much success since the Premier League began. 
that's what we have as expectations. And so when you have those expectations, you expect certain type of players to come in. That hasn't happened. So, like I said, I don't know if he's picking players, but if you don't have a director, it seems as though he is the one that's out picking or not picking players. I mean, you talk about picking players, EC. I mean, let me. Um, would you not say that he's not given the money to pick players? I would say, for me, just take, for instance, the last signing that we just had. Yeah. We got him in January. We were on him in the summer, last summer, and we're just now getting him now. It's it's things like that. It's things like January, last day of the transfer window, and you go to, no offense to the, to the Chinese league, but you go to the last day, you go to, to go get a striker from the Chinese league, on the very like, what were we doing when we let go of Lukaku right away? You know that's fifteen to twenty goals out of the club. It's gone. So you know you've got to replace those guys, right? So you got all the whole summer window. We bring in no one. We we're we're, we're told that Mason Greenwood is the best goal scorer at the club. A eighteen-year-old kid in the academy who hasn't played for us is the best striker that we have, and we're going to lean on that. And we're going to hope that Martial, he finally becomes that striker. It's but, it's ridiculous. But you see, you see, on the on the flip on the on the flip side of things, um, you've been burnt. Ed Woodward has been burned by listening to scouts and listening to players. You know, listening to coaches of how much money you know needs to be spent. Do you know how much money since the Glazers have have um, taken over the club? Do you know how much money in uh, arrivals like of, of uh, signings they've spent. At least four hundred million, at a minimum. Since two thousand five, one point six billion in arrivals. So what does that say? If you let me no since they, on. since the Glazers has taken over, you've won many a title since then. In two since two thousand five, you won many titles since then, and you won the Champions League. Since Sir Alex left in thirteen and fourteen, I, I counted. How much do you think they've spent since 2013 to the present time in transfers? I, I have no idea. Is it 400? Is that the number? Is 1. that 400? 1.2 billion since then. They so spent. again, you know again, they're lost. So. They're they're lost. They're lost because departures also. I've, then also did the how much they sold since 2000 um, since 2013. So they're basically they're running in a negative 836 million dollars in in what they sent out. Let me give you a few examples of um, when the Glaciers took over on on you because you want to talk about Sir Alex and David Gill and and their um, and their prowess of uh, attracting world class talent. Let me give you a few examples of uh, players that uh, were involved in Sir Alex. Sir Alex's last year, Shin, uh, Shinji Kagawa, a seventeen million. Will uh, Williford Zaha. 12 million. Nick Powell was signed, 8 million. Angelo Enriquez, 6 million. Let's talk about, um, do you remember uh, 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 Phil Jones, Ashley Young? You know, they're serviceable players. Okay. Uh, you talk about Bebe, remember him? Chicharito, obviously, in 2010. Anders Lin Lingardner. Uh, Mamou Diouf, Gabriel Obaton. Michael okay, push Cohen. pause, push pause, push pause. You've named 10 guys 
of the 10 you've named, Chicharito is the only one I'd rate of all those guys you just named. No, no, but those are Sir Alex's signings. And, yes, I got that number for you. Since Thanks. since 2000, since 2005. Okay, let's go 2000. You know, yeah, since 2005. What's the difference on what they've spent on busts to what they've spent on players that actually made good, players that made made um, that have made good. Uh, we, you know, I like I said, Dimitar Berbatov. I rate him. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Van Persie. Rate him. Okay. Another, another bust. Angel Di Maria. Uh, Marcus Rojo. The Daily Blend. Falcao. Bust. Bust. That was that was not that was not Sir Alex's time. Let's go with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Right, he was uh, purchased in uh, two thousand three. Um, uh, Anderson purchased under under uh, Sir Alex Nani. Jury's out on him. Owen Hargreaves, Carlos Tevez was put on loan. Michael Carrick was you know was was right. What I what what I got from since two thousand five since the Glazers have backed Sir Alex and David Gill, they spent two hundred eighty million on players that actually made good. Since then, since 2005, they spent 1.4 billion on busts. Again, for me, <laughs> if Sir Alex said, "I think the player's good," I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do what he says. <clears throat> no, but but looking but, ba- looking back on it, was it really was it Sir Alex's genius of, um, of of rating players, or was it really the foundation of the class of '92 that actually brought him? brought him prominence you know in, in the 90s and, and early 2000s because most of these players that they brought in were to replace the class of 92 but yet we have a um, aging gigsy and aging skulls you know coming skulls coming out of retirement you know to help the club i mean it's just I, I i mean i love sir alex i just when i looked at these numbers and looked at these players that came in and left um since his reign i went back to 86 man since 86 it's even I think the total loss since '86, since the club, um, since '86, since his, his, his arrival, is two point zero or two two billion dollars, you know, uh, compared to eight hundred twenty five million out. So basically, they're running at a total loss since 1986 at a one point two billion dollar loss of investments and what players have gone out. We're not the players that we're um, other than Cristiano Ronaldo and David Beckham. Um, were the only two years that we sold more than we actually brought in. Uh, Ronaldo uh, <coughs> was sold in '09, uh, and we we didn't even. Everybody talks about where's the Ronaldo money? Where's the Ronaldo money? Well, shit. I mean, the Ronaldo money was spent in 214 million in 14, uh, 171 million in 15, 17, 100, 280 million. I mean, they're not not this whole misconception that they're not spending money. They're not spending it wisely. But they haven't been spending wisely in transfers, I think, since... I mean, when you look at the numbers, I don't think they've ever spent you know money on transfers wisely. That's when you brought up the point about the youth. Um, it, obviously, this, this the, these statistics... Um, actually, I got these statistics from transfermarket.us.com, um, uh, um, you know, backslash Manchester United. Uh, those are where I got the statistics on, on transfer market um, valuation. Um, they're all U.S. dollars. Of co- obviously, they're not in, in pounds. Um, right. <clears throat> so I mean, we look at this in these numbers, and it's like, have they really, honestly, have they really recruited outside of outside of the club in bringing in transfers compared to what they've actually, you know, grown home, you know, homegrown. 
I think they've been blessed with a lot of homegrown talent. <clears throat> I think that's something that you can't take away from them. But I think you have to have the proper manager to manage those kids. You got to remember when Sir Alex was in his prime and when we were winning those beginning of those championships, there's a lot of stars. There's a lot of guys that are world-class players, all of them playing for their national teams, all of them starting. Um, you know, Rooney came in from Everton, so he wasn't, you know, homegrown, but he did, he did come in. So for me, it takes a combination. I go back to Phil Jackson coaching the Bulls. You got a lot of superstars. You got a lot of different uh, talented guys that are out there, but you've got to be able to manage those guys. You've got to be able to corral them. There's stories of the, those kids from the class of 92 being afraid, being fearful, <laughs> Sir Alex coming in and seeing that they'd been out partying or seeing that they hadn't gotten the proper fitness. Being afraid and having that level of, oh, crap, this guy's going to hold us accountable for what we do. I think that there is a lot to that. I don't think they have that for the current management who's in now. So when we're talking about transfers and bringing in certain guys, yeah, there's there's been times where the, where Owen comes in. And you're like, what the hell's Owen doing on, on our team? He's, he's past it. Why is school coming back? Those things do happen. But as long as you're winning along the way, those things can get overlooked. And, the, and they and again, to your point, they won't get looked at because people aren't looking at, at the, the bad things. We're looking at all the positive things that are happening, like the championships that you're talking about. So, again, if you win and you go out there and you can lift the trophy, the numbers and the money, it's, it's all monopoly money at, at some point. It's got to it's got to start looking like that to us and and probably to to the owners at, at certain points, because it's a, it's insane. If you really think that Harry Maguire is an $80 million center back, you are insane. But th guess how much we paid for him? Yep. $80 million in cash. We didn't cut this guy a couple years. We'll give you 20 of it. We, gave, we just straight up said, here's $80 million. And he's not even the best center back in the league. So it's monopoly money. It doesn't even make any sense. And I'll, I'll tell you something else. When you're bringing in transfers, that money that you're talking about it's kind of inflated because we are united and because the other club that's going to say, hey, yeah, we'll sell him, they know who we are. They know how much money we have. So they're going to say, you know what, we know he's only worth 20, but we want 40. They know that so we're desperate. They know, we're, they know we're desperate. Yeah, so it's difficult for those numbers to really make sense because they're overinflated. There's no way that you can tell me that Dan James is worth 17, 11, 17 million or 11 million or whatever they paid for him. He's not. But guess what we did? We said, "Here you go, kid." <laughs> it's the same. It's gonna. It's the same. The reason why we argued five million dollars over Bruno. Do we give him forty-five million? Do we give him fifty million? He's a good player. He ain't fifty million dollars good. But it's Manchester United, so they don't have a choice. When they walk into that room, that other club is already thinking to themselves, "You guys got money. Guess what we're gonna do? We know you want him." So we're going to stretch it out just a little bit. And guess what? If you don't want to pay it, I got another club that's right down the street that's willing to pay maybe just a little bit less if you guys don't want to. So it goes twofold. It's it's having that respect. It's having that that badge that when you walk in that room, people will go, oh, crap. And then you start paying these wages that make absolutely no sense. Sometimes you hit. Sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. I, look at, look at Di Maria now. You were talking about him earlier. Look how good he's doing at the club he's at now as opposed to where he was before and after United. He's playing awesome. They missed more than I think they've, they've you know, they've hit. Uh, and the numbers don't, don't lie. Um, they also talked about um, revenue, right, and what they're, you know, bringing in. 
I can't speak. I've never been to Old Trafford, but um, they say that uh, the stadium's old. Uh, so the, the Glazers are not investing in that. Uh, there's no TVs like modern day stadiums. I mean, we'll have TVs like at, at every con- concourse concession stand has a TV to watch the match. They say there's no Wi-Fi, there's no cell phone service in there, um, and, and a lot of people in this Glazers out movement are you know are pissed because the Glazers not investing into the club as as you know as would the Henrys you know, the the Fenway uh, Fenway Sports invested into Liverpool or Anfield. I'm sorry. Um, investing in that even though keeping it old but yet investing putting money back in for the fan experience um and i think that's a lot of things that, um you know that has added to the issues with the glazers out movement you said um you want to give a little backstory on, on the glazers out uh, movement yeah so like i was saying before i mean people immediately when they came into the club um people were literally out in the streets um rioting protesting um they just did not want the glazers to come in um in fact barricading them from even coming into the club um it was it was one of the most hostile takeovers uh in 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 this club's history Uh, because again like i said um you got the american factor one so they don't know anything about football Um, but then you go right into debt right you go right into debt where we're able to essentially for all these years take care of ourselves uh the revenue is going to come in um, we had no debt. Now it's that's just kind of the way that this club is. So, you know, it, it's it's sad because again, the guy is making money for for himself uh, and for the club. But again, I go back to winning and losing. Um, people are going to be upset when 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 new ownership comes in because they're they're used to the way that things were ran. You know, you've got you've got Fergie there. He's running everything. Everything's smooth. So when new ownership comes in and it doesn't go well because you're not winning, and I'm talking about Premier League and Champions League titles, um, people are going to get upset. They're going to get pissed off. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a while. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this next transfer window during the summer, which is it's been extended, I hope we can land some players that, that actually have some skill. Um, but until then, I think – People are still going to get upset, and I hope it doesn't go any further than it did with the Flares. But I just don't think people are going to be uh, that apt to want to 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 be accepting of of the management system that we have. So if if the Glazers got rid of Woodward or pushed him aside, put him on the marketing side, bought a um, I'm sorry, hired a sporting director, and the board pretty much not disintegrated but you know got football people in, involved in the board <coughs> would you still be on a glazers out um you know would you still support the glazers out movement personally it would depend on who they picked um i don't know who's out there that would be a good director um but if they got a director that could actually get uh players in that could actually um you know, bring in proper talent. Um, I, I don't think I'd be on the train as hard, but I don't, the reason why I don't think that they're going to do that is because they're generating revenue. Um, they're actually, they're able to pay themselves. And so it's one of those things where you were, you brought up a good point earlier when you're talking about what's he supposed to do with his business. Well, this is his business, right? This is, this is his, 
This yeah. is his football team. Whether like you Jerry like Jones. him or not, yeah, it's like Jerry Jones. he's not going anywhere. <laughs> so I hope that he does, but I don't think that he will. And it's not going to stop until the people of that town, of that of, of, of Manchester, stop going to games. This is what I talked about before. Um, there's so many people waiting in line. There's so many people like myself that have never been and would love to go. And so I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but it would, it would literally take people not showing up, uh, consistency, not being in champions league, uh, for them to go, you know what, we're not making any more money. So the best thing for us to do is to sell it for four, $4 billion dollars and see if we can recuperate any kind of funds. But until then, if, if they make, it sucks because it's it's a it's it's like a double edged sword. If they make Champions League, then the, the Glazers are doing backflips. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're going crap. We're going to get screwed. We're going to get killed in Champions League, and they're excited because now they've got new money. They've yeah. got new revenue. They got Champions League revenue. They got TV revenue. They They'll keep, probably attract some more players. And just so, vacation to keep the players that they have. Well, that's the thing. I for me to let go of nine players, it lets me know that. Oli's down to just let him go. Yeah. He's just got to start now bringing them in. And that's where I'm saying if Woodward's in charge of that, if you know you've got a bunch of dead wood, you got to let it go. So um, I, I do not think that things will change. I think that as far as the way that things are ran, it'll be the same. I think that if Oli gets better players, I think the football could change. Yeah. Um, you talk about change. Uh, you, I think the rumored evaluation that the Glazers want for for Manchester, you said four billion it's in between five, four and five billion. Um, yeah. One of the um, one of the uh, controversial, um, um, you know, would be buyers uh, is uh, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salim. Um, he um, has expressed interest in purchasing United in the past. Uh, also, um, I think it's re come recently. Uh, they've turned uh, now to Newcastle because of the evaluation. Um, this is not a political show. Uh, I don't want it to be, uh, but I have issues with um, if United ever would sell to the to the Crown Prince, uh, uh, you know, Mohammed Belsalin. Um I don't know if I could support the club as 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 fervent as as I would due to my personal beliefs, but. Um, I don't want this to turn into city, right? Like the Abu Dhabis. I, I just, I don't, for some reason, it's, I don't, I don't want Manchester to be owned, um, basically buying championships. Um, I want it to be organic. And you look at city and they're not organic. They purchase everything. I think, uh, there's already news of city already basically doing a massive overhaul, um, to their roster this summer. Because they're what sixteen points, seven, eighteen points behind Liverpool, they're not going to win. There's also already talk about Pep not even coming back next year. Um, I don't want to be that. I don't want to. You know, City's changed more managers than we have since uh, since Sir left. Um, they changed more players. Yet they've yes, yeah, they're winning. But I'd rather keep Manchester organic. Um, and I think I don't think with the the purchase of MBS um, will. Uh, will keep that homegrown kind of um, feel that um, that you, you you have with Manchester. I don't know. What do you think? So 
we disagree on that one. <laughs> if the if the Saudis came through with that four or five billion, I would say let's get all over it. Here is the thing. Here's the caveat. If they come in with their five, six, seven billion, whatever monopoly monopoly money they have, and they're gonna do the same thing and say, Okay, how do I make something that I purchased worth four billion be worth eighteen billion? How do I do that? Then I'm not down. But if they're going to bring in money and they're going to start splashing the cash at players, good players, then let's do it. Because here's my thing. Nobody's going to want to come to Manchester United if all we're doing is playing Europa League soccer every year. If you you bring in good players, like City, City said, you know what? We're tired of losing. We'd like to win. This is not... 86 this isn't 96 it's 2020 and if you don't have any cash on as 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 much as it sucks you're not gonna win okay lester lester city was a phenomenon and you would have won a crap ton of money if you bet on them winning the league that year (laughs) not gonna happen again the big clubs with the most money are gonna win the big trophies that's just the way that it goes and it's not unfortunate. It doesn't suck because it's entertainment. That's what it is. I want to be entertained. I don't know how many times this year I've sat down and watched the United game and been stressed the hell out. I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things where you go, well, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want them to just you know bring money. You know what money also brings to our club? There's people have who I've watched videos of at Manchester United sit underneath the stands where they're not supposed to get rained on and there's holes in the stadium and they're still getting rained on anyway. So money would also bring about change to the structure of that club, literally, to where you can fix up the way that the pitch looks. You can make it, like you said, more of a fan experience, but then also bring players. If if you're if you're debating for weeks about five million dollars over a guy that clearly is going to help your club, you got trouble. Or when when things happen for us, the reason why the class of 92 is so awesome, the reason why the Busby Babes are so awesome is because some of those kids were local kids. They grew up right there in the city. Go back and, 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 and look it up on YouTube for you guys at home watching. That's what makes it so special. It doesn't always happen that way. And so if you don't have anyone in your town that's amazing, you got to go out and get them. And again, you're not some up-and-coming. Manchester United is not some up-and-coming club that's just now getting on the scene. We are who we are. And when you are who we are, it's going to come with a hefty price tag. And it's not going to be able, if a Saudi comes in with $8 million, they're going to be able to splash the cash. So I'm not down with the, the organic, let's just hold it out another 10 years. I think we should every single season be challenging to win the league. And the only reason I say that is because that's what I know. I don't know. You got to you got to remember there's fans who are still alive today. 60 years old today, 70 years old today that remember United being re- relegated <laughs> down to the lower division. Like that's that's reality for some people. That's not that's never been our reality. And that's something that we flirted with in the beginning of the season. I know we're not going to get relegated this season, but if you keep having mediocrity, if you don't have a coach that is within his depth, you will go down. This is not a crappy league. You will go down. And if you go down, then I start. I think people start to go, okay, 
let's just not go anymore. I don't want to see any of that. I'd like to see Champions League football at a minimum and challenging for the league every year because that's who we are. We haven't been that. And you have to. It starts at the top. Everyone says that. That's true. It starts at the top, and then it trickles its way down. So that's where I'm at with them. If someone came in and said, hey, let's do it, I'm ready for a change. I've been ready for a change. <laughs> I mean, it, I, 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 every Saturday, Sunday, I'm like, okay, who are we going to play? It doesn't matter who it is because I'm like, we might lose to Burnley at home. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> ever, ever happened. Look at the statistics on the teams that we're losing to. Burnley, 50 years. <laughs> Crystal Palace, 40 years. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so, yeah, I, I, if, it, if it could happen overnight, snap your fingers, magic wand, cool. But I'm going to tell you what, the Glazers ain't going nowhere. They're making money. Yeah, Why would you dump a business that you're making money at? <laughs> you wouldn't. No, no. That's what I said. Last week, I compared them to the Dallas Cowboys. They're Jerry Jones. Yeah. That's, I mean, Jerry Jones was in the oil field. You know, he's, you know, basically went broke. He came back, you know, made his money in the oil field. He purchased the Dallas Cowboys. And it seems like that's his only business now is the <laughs> number one, number one right. evaluated team in the world. The exactly. Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, uh, they have no reason to sell. Final question. Uh, I know, obviously, I know where you feel on uh, the Saudi crown prince. But uh, if it's not him... Um, this is a fun question. Who would, I mean, who would you want to, you know, see purchase the, you know, uh, purchase Manchester if it's, I mean, if the Glazers do, do decide to sell. Can, can Oprah buy, <laughs> can, <laughs> can she buy the club? Is that an option? I don't know. Is, is, she, is she worth, how many billion, how, how many billions of dollars? You know what? That wasn't one of my, that wasn't one of my people, but. Damn, dude, I would love. You get a car. You get a car. We fix Old Trafford. Hey! You know, put a, you know, put on the cover of Old Magazine, whatever. Yeah, that is a very good <laughs> suggestion is Oprah. Wow. Why didn't I think of that? Huh. <laughs> I go with her. Not much of my number one pick is Oprah. One pick. Okay, hashtag Oprah Purchase United. Um, other than... <laughs> other than... Um, Jeff Radcliffe, Jim Radcliffe. I'm sorry, he's, he's worth 21 billion. I believe he's the richest, uh, richest uh, person, um, man or person. I'm sorry, in in the UK. Uh, he grew up in Manchester. I was sad to see that you know he um, decided to take his investments to uh, purchase League One Nice. Uh, that was you know I was like, why does it the richest person in Britain buy a British team? I think it's more when I talk about organic. Um, uh, I thought of him. Uh, why doesn't he purchase, uh, you know, that team? But I'm going to give you one. It's, and this is going to be um, just to piss her ex-husband off. Uh, my, plea, my plea is to Mackenzie Bezos. You were $35 billion. Your husband is, is Jeff Bezos, ex-Amazon owner. Just to piss him off and spend... His stock money, because I think it's like thirty-five billion in stock, just uh, to piss him off. Purchase the you know England's number one club, the you know bring back Manchester to its you know glory, and uh, probably be the most loved woman in the world by Manchester United fans, other than Oprah. Now that I have to contend, Oprah will be up there. 
Um, but Kenzie Bezos, please, 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 hate buy, hate buy, because you're gonna buy it against your your husband's better wishes and purchase Manchester United. All right, folks, uh, thank you for uh, for for listening um, to the Don't Red on Me podcast. I'm Asus EC. Hey guys, thanks for checking in again. See you guys next time. Go check us out on social media, folks. We're on Facebook at the Don't Red on Me podcast page. Uh, we're on Twitter at Don't Red on Me. Uh, like, subscribe, share, tweet, retweet. Um, send a message to your friends. Let them know. Do whatever y'all do in the social media world. Um, but just uh, we'd like y'all to get the word out. We're on iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud. Uh, again, a special thanks to Royal with the Ronos Podcast. Victoria Montsevice with Alice and Wonderland Food Truck. Uh, she'll be, uh, her food truck will be in South Padre Island for the next six months. Her food's amazing. Go, so go check her out. And Mark Hutch Ison, AKA Baron Von Black with the South Texas train wrecks podcast. Go check that out. And Lucky Diaz, where are you at? <laughs>